0: Malaysian mothers with a foreign spouse can now pass on their citizenship automatically to their children born outside Malaysia after a landmark Kuala Lumpur High Court ruling. What does this court decision mean for Malaysian mothers whose children were born outside of Malaysia?
1: Well, this is a great victory for the group of Malaysian women who filed the suit in December last year. This group of Malaysian women included six mothers, and they were seeking a court order for the National Registration Department, Immigration Department, the Malaysian embassies, all the relevant agencies to issue citizenship documents to their children. These are kids who are born outside Malaysia, ladies, mm. uh, who married foreign men. So one of these plaintiffs, uh, a mother says she had tried to apply for citizenship for her children multiple times, but it was futile at every turn. It's a victory for her, and it's, the whole court decision is a relief for all this group of mothers who filed the suit, but also the bigger picture is Family Frontiers President Suriyakampe says the victory is this judgment is not just for those mothers directly involved, but then you know for all mothers who are similarly affected in the future or previously. Now they too get the rights for their children to get citizenship, and it's a huge step forward for Malaysia's women's equality.
0: I was a bit concerned Because I was just Reading this article Right So that means These are Malaysian mothers Who marry Foreign spouses They're living outside of Malaysia That means their kids Have uh, citizenship With a particular country already And then they now Also want Malaysian citizenship Not all countries Accept dual citizenship Don't they
1: Yeah that's right Some countries in, uh, They require you To when you
2: reach A certain age You have to decide which
0: Pick one right
2: Yeah pick one Okay, okay. Well what? currently Malaysia is actually One of 25 countries In the world That actually denies women The right to confer Nationality on their children on an equal basis as men. Now, why is that? Well, before this
1: court ruling, uh, Malaysian mothers with foreign spouses, they have to apply for their child's citizenship. And then if it was unsuccessful, apply again. And then if it failed, apply again and again and again. But on the other hand, a Malaysian man married to a foreign spouse who has a child born outside Malaysia can confer his citizenship automatically. Mm. So all he has to do is register the birth. It takes about three days to sort out. So why Mm. the imbalance? It's understood that there's a section in the federal constitution regarding citizenship rights and it states only the word father. But Mm. the KL High Court ruling has now said that this section must be read in harmony with another section, specifically Article 8.2, and it prohibits discrimination on the basis of gender. So that word father must be read to include mother as well so right. all these children are entitled to citizenship
0: so basically they they're trying to change it to just parent parent right?
1: basically yeah that's right so it's trying to make another part of the law in harmony with this one so yeah. that you know they don't have to change policy but just make a ruling that's more in favour for those uh, for the plaintiffs who had their grievances.
2: Okay, let's talk about kids and vaccines. So some 3 million adolescents aged 12 to 17 in the country are set to receive the COVID-19 vaccine before the new schooling session begins in January next year, according to Health Minister Kyrie Jamaluddin. Now, we've been hearing about the process to vaccinate the 12 to 17-year-old age group for almost two months now, if not longer, right? What's been the biggest challenge in getting this off the ground?
1: Well, so far only the Pfizer vaccine has been approved for this age group. Mm. Today, this is the only vaccine manufacturer who has supplied enough data... For the National Pharmaceutical Regulatory Agency to approve its usage on teens. So one of the challenges could be getting sufficient vaccine supply of this particular brand, pending the approval of all the other vaccines for this age group. And then I guess the other concern would be the parents themselves, because remember earlier when we started the vaccination programme for adults, there was that sense of hesitancy mm. um, at the, the newness of this vaccination. So now this becomes the new legitimate concern for parents on the side effects for their kids, mm. and, and when it's really effective or not so the government will have to step up on communication to address all these concerns and assure parents just like how they did
2: for the adults when the vaccination program first started. Yeah. Um, Talking about sort of schools, October 3rd was supposed to be the date for all schools reopening. You know, we've just heard there's going to be this sort of staggered uh, opening, depending on what phase you're in, and then Group A, Group B going back to school and stuff. And it's gotten me thoroughly confused because apparently the roadmap's there, but I have no idea how to read it. It's confusing, but at the same time, I guess
1: it's kudos to the Education Ministry for coming up with such a detailed back-to-school plan. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, once it starts rolling out and there's more communication from teachers to parents, um, specifically for that standard or that form or that type of school, then parents will have a clearer picture of who goes back and when but now you know in the big picture with all the information chock block out there it is a lot to take in but it does school does kick off in stages on october 3rd and it's based on you know which state you are and whether that state is in the, in the phase one two or three or four of the national recovery plan mm-hmm. and this whole back school plan starts with students who sit for major exams to make the idea is they need to get back in school fast as possible so they right. can prepare for those exams and, and then in any case school attendance will be limited to 50 50% of enrollment and students will kind of take turns, as you mentioned, to come in so that they can ensure safe distance between the desks.
2: People flying into Langkawi from the 16th of September do not need a permission letter from the police, says Health Minister Kairi Jabaluddin. So with only about 60% fully vaccinated, what conditions are being imposed on travellers then?
1: Well, we're moving to a phase where the responsibility is on Malaysians and not just on the authorities. So the onus is on the travellers and tourism industry to ensure safety as tourist sports begin to open so I you know there's a lot of excitement uh, September 16th is Malaysia Day and mm, then mm. You know, school holidays as well mm. so you know this weekend we could see a lot of tourists travelling to Langkawi but travelers have to ensure that they practice the SOPs which is you know the usual stuff wear your face masks take your temperature before entering any premise register with your MySuchatra app and then avoid crowded places make the right decision when you decide to go to somewhere and don't go on your holiday if you feel unwell and then for the hotelers, restaurant owners, tour guide operators it would be good if they could set up a booking system so that the premise is not overcrowded and then set up a temperature scanner as well their workers have to be vaccinated and ensure frequent stand- sanitization and good ventilation of the facilities because we know now the variants are also airborne mm-hmm. so ventilation is so important and then one extra step which i think hasn't really been talked about enough is maybe it will be good to get guests to do, to do swab tests 3 days before they fly in or drive in mm-hmm. and then you know make sure that result is shown the hotel or or, you know upon arrival in Langkawi so you know you're clear of the virus can go have fun without any worry.
2: Yeah I mean you know opening up the island for tourism is great but like in your opinion is it too soon especially with sort of rumors that Langkawi is preparing for a higher COVID-19 load?
1: Well I personally feel quite uplifted by the news after all the doom and gloom of 2021. I wouldn't personally take up the offer to go to Langkawi but I just feel happy knowing that you know (laughs) it's possible if I want to go for a beach holiday I can if I want to. Right. But, you know, for the tourism industry, players, this couldn't come anytime sooner. It's a really a welcome relief for them. And even then, it's going to be a slow recovery because you're not going to see full capacity. You know, by right, they should be half capacity or, or just lower than what they are used to because they need to make sure that there's social distancing and that there's no overcrowding of places. Mm. So... They are uh, making extra effort to make sure that they're ready in case there is an influx of COVID-19 cases. So as a precaution to face the influx of tourists, our Health DG says that the Kedah Health Department has increased the capacity of the hospital there, Sultana maliha Hospital. And this is only in case you see a spike of cases that require ICU admissions.
0: But the thing is for me, why is it that only when we drive anywhere, we need to have a letter of approval from the police, mm. but then if we fly, we don't need to. Uh, that's the only part yes. that... What's confusing for me?
1: Because when you're on the plane, you're from one destination and you don't stop anywhere along the way and there's no right. roadblock either. But when you're in a car you have to drive from state to state to state. So you may go be going from one state that's in phase one to another state that's in
2: phase two back to another state. And you might stop along the way To an
0: R and R and something.
2: Yeah. Yes, Which you right. definitely would to eat, Jay, let's face it. <laughs> Experts are calling on government officials to refrain from using the term herd immunity as it's misleading under the present circumstances. Now, herd immunity was the goalpost set by the health ministry at the start of this pandemic. Why is that changed today?
1: Well, we don't herd immunity occurs when a large part of the community becomes immune to a disease. Now, experts believe that this is going to be hard to achieve because of the more infectious strains like the Delta variant.
0: And a more recently, reasons, right?
1: A there's Lambda, there's yeah. also the one Lambda. more. There's just
0: so many right oh, now. Yes.
1: Yeah, so the, other than the Delta variant, there's so many other variants occurring, and this happens when the virus mutates. So, other than that, there's also data showing that immune levels wanes after a while after you're vaccinated, yep, yep. and there's uneven vaccine rollout across the world. So, mm. you know, when we start seeing global travel. Um, that herd immunity will be hard to achieve. Primary school children are still not in the picture for the vaccine and there's still strong resistance from anti-vaxxers. So that's why experts believe that herd immunity not such a goal to reach anymore. Um, And then if you see countries with high vaccination rates, like Israel and Singapore, there's still a lot of COVID-19 cases.
2: You paint a picture, is it possible? I mean, what does living with COVID-19 mean for the rakyat?
1: Well, the health minister, Kari Jamaluddin, says we have to start living with COVID-19 as an endemic not a pandemic and find some way back to normality so some sops will need to be kept uh, but experts also believe that booster shots may be needed in the future mm. i don't think it will be yet because there's still countries who are waiting for their first vaccination shot and we still need to make sure that everybody gets at least the first one before we uh, talk about booster shots, but that mm. could happen in the future. And also, experts believe that COVID nineteen could become a seasonal illness, so just like any other human coronavirus.
0: Yeah, which is why I think in Sarawak, they were considering like boosters already because they were the second shot, the second vaccine wasn't strong enough, and then that that might be why there's a sudden increase, right?
1: Yeah, Sarawak is also one of those states with high vaccination rate, and but we also see high COVID nineteen mm. cases.
2: Okay, let's talk loading and unloading activities for import and export purposes. Will be allowed to operate twenty four hours every day with immediate effect, according to Transport Minister Data Sri Dr Wee Ka Siong. Now, what is the significance of this decision by the Transport Ministry?
1: It's a good sign for the economy that goods are no longer stagnant. Everyone in the supply chain is going to benefit, and the move will make it easier for goods to move around nationwide. Make it easier for companies to conduct their business. So this is not only good news for business, but also consumers as well um, who are right at the end of the supply chain. And previously, we saw loading and unloading activities was really limited, just three days a week and 12 hours per day. So this is uh, good news for everybody along the
2: supply chain.
0: So basically, if you're wondering why the things that you ordered online hasn't arrived yet,
2: this is why, right? (laughs) This is the reason why. But, you know, I suppose, you know, it's hard to see the importance of opening up this sector as compared to other industrial sectors. Maybe you could help explain Mm -hmm. that a little bit.
1: Well, it seems there was some congestion of goods at warehouses and container yards. So when the request was put in, the National Security Council took this into account. Um, and they wanted to make sure there's a smooth flow of goods as the economy picks up again. So one the one of the main factors is they want to see the economy recovering mm-hmm. and the movement of these goods is, will see businesses pick up and um, consumers being able to, you know the demand and supply moving smoothly again. However, this approval comes with strict conditions. The National Security Council says that operators have to comply with SOPs, which includes full compliance according to the current phase of the National Recovery Plan. So wherever these loading and unloading docks are, um, which states they are, they have to make sure that they abide by that particular phase that they're in. Mm.
0: And I think this is the one that contributes most to GDP. So they're trying to balance like individual... Because like, I, I know what you're saying, like, Ash, like, how come gyms aren't opened up, but then this one... This, they're right. pushing for this one exactly.
2: right exactly yeah
0: but i think it's more about the gdp for in this case lah. La. Yeah.
1: yep and i think we will see more uh, economic sectors open up as they put in their requests the national security council has to like look at every request and make sure that they have all their bases covered mm. before they say okay go ahead